We've all heard that expression, looks can be deceiving, or if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Movie makers play on this axiom to good effect. Oftentimes the villain or villainess is devilishly good looking and charming to boot. Or something offered to the protagonist, such as the perfect job, is actually a trap. Think of the movie The Firm. On one level, these kinds of tropes feed on our Christian sense of the world. Bad things can seem very attractive. Sin is beguiling, at least superficially. Sometimes bad people have a certain rakish charm. But our faith teaches us to reject the glamour of evil, because the world is the kingdom of the devil, and the devil is the prince of lies. Christianity holds counterintuitively that it is the meek and the lowly who will inherit the earth, not the rich and the powerful. Jesus Christ himself is the perfect example of this. He was a poor carpenter, an itinerant preacher, who was actually the savior of the world. Thus our faith, as well as our common sense, tells us not to trust something simply because it looks good. Something can be beautiful on the surface, but rotten to the core. But in another sense, it is important to remember that true beauty is a pathway to truth. Thomas Aquinas, the greatest theologian in the history of the church, said that there are three transcendental things, truth, goodness, and beauty. Truth we know by our intellect. Our will is drawn to goodness, and our passions are motivated by beauty, real or perceived. But to Aquinas, these are not disparate faculties of man. They are the transcendentals that link him as a unity of body and soul. Truth, goodness, and beauty intersect and interpenetrate each other in the human experience, and they open our minds to the highest realities. They mark the inclination of the human spirit that begins with the simple perception of the senses, that something, for example, is beautiful, and that it ends in the contemplation of the ultimate reality, the reality of the triune God. Pope Benedict, now our Pope Emeritus, has said that he believes that beauty is the greatest apologetic for the faith meaning that the strongest argument that we can make in favor of our faith is its beauty. He called this the way of beauty. It constitutes the path by which to advance the new evangelization in our age. In saying this, Benedict does not mean that beautiful things or persons of themselves will evangelize people. He means that beauty, which is rooted in truth and goodness, forms the basis of our Christian outreach to the world. In order to draw people away from sin, we must be able to offer them a faith that is attractive. Benedict often used the example of a Gothic cathedral with its soaring lines and its intricate buttresses. Something like that has the power to draw us out of the ordinary. The same is true of beautiful music or art or liturgy. It awakens in us the transcendental hunger for beauty, and in so doing, disposes us towards goodness and truth. 
we have to understand that conversion involves both a turning away and a turning towards. Turning away from sin, but also turning towards the truth. But oftentimes, I'm afraid, we have a tendency to only think of turning away from sin. We tend to measure ourselves and others by their sins or by our sins. We look at ourselves and say, if only I could stop doing dot, dot, dot. Or we look at someone we know and say, if only they wouldn't do dot, dot, dot. But we must remember that we cannot give up sin without replacing it with something else. Nature abhors a vacuum. Sin is not simply given up. Rather, it must be overcome by an invitation to something greater. We see this in the first reading from the Book of Wisdom. The Lord is likened to a woman who sets out a banquet of choice meat and fine wines and invites the whole world. It's meant to be a party. Yes, of course, we have to struggle against sin, as St. Paul reminds us in the second reading. But ultimately, Christian conversion is about inviting ourselves and others to the banquet of the Lord and letting that experience overcome the attraction to sin. None of us is Catholic simply because we want to obey a bunch of rules. Sit, stand, kneel, don't eat meat on Fridays, don't covet thy neighbor's goods. We are only Catholic because we have been drawn by something deeper and more mysterious, something that we have found beautiful, and through it we have come to the truth. If we look at the Gospel reading from today, we might think that this is actually a counterexample of what I have been saying. Jesus tells the Jews that in order to have eternal life, they must eat his flesh and drink his blood. That sounds disgusting. But his command to eat flesh and to drink blood becomes beautiful and inviting when seen in the light of the cross. Now, the crucifixion itself would not have been beautiful to see. It would have been ugly and gory. But properly understood, it is a beauty to behold. This is God sending his only begotten son, his precious son, to suffer and die for the sake of our sins so that we might have eternal life. It is God becoming man so that he might be tested to the limits of human suffering so that humanity itself could once again be said to be obedient to God. From that, the true beauty of the Eucharist shines forth. It's not a cannibalistic feast. Instead, it is the means by which Christ our Savior unites himself to us more fully, the means by which he gives each of us a share in the love that he took to the cross. The Eucharist becomes the most beautiful thing in the world when we see the truth and the goodness upon which it is based. That's why our liturgy, the means by which the Eucharist is confected and made present for us, is meant to be beautiful. Not just because it's meant to give reverence to God, but because it's meant to dispose our minds to the truth of what is happening right here on the altar. That Christ is being made present once again for our sake and for the sake of the whole world. That ought to be the clarion call of the new evangelization. It ought to be the guiding light of our own conversions to holiness. It ought to be the first, people, the first thing that people think of when they think of the Catholic Church. Christ is being made present once again for the sake of our salvation and for the sake of the whole world.